Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, back again. This is the IDP Army podcast where we're talking mostly IDP, all fantasy football. This is my third time streaming this week, putting out a pod this week. It's kind of crazy having done one this many in a row in a while, but it's been really, really fun to uh, have some awesome guests lined up. And I do not want to miss a chance to talk football with some some crazy football heads out there. So please make sure before we get into things, you subscribe wherever you're listening. Thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Comment, interact, leave a review, all that good stuff. We are out there for you. Five star rating is awesome, but you know if if, any, if you, you know if you don't give it to us, that's fine. We'll, we'll live with that. But I appreciate you guys being here. If it's your first time, and if it's not your first time, thank you for coming back. So tonight, you know, we've talked a little bit about free agency. We're going to talk about some winners and losers now that people have put pen to paper. Um, and I have a very special guest, a friend of mine, someone that was one of the last human beings I met before we all went into the dark ages of COVID. Uh, my good friend Greg Thompson of cover one podcast greg how you doing tonight good man good always uh fun to see you it is weird i i, I honestly don't know that I, I i don't know that i thought about the fact that that senior bowl was like the last major social outing oh, that yeah. i was involved in i i didn't even connect the dots that really was and so many people that we saw there and then everyone went into hibernation since then so yeah you're, you're one of the last new friends that i made uh before the world went into hibernation yeah that's how i describe you you're my last first you're my last first bromance <laughs> i've had at a bar so i'm happy to have you on you were one of my favorite podcast people to have on last year i love following your stuff on cover one being a only a recent bills mafia convert i'm only three three four years deep but i'm loving it you know we've been right i think i jumped on an appropriate time too uh given what we saw this last okay. year I'm um, loving that. But tonight we are going to talk about some of our, you know, winners and losers, some of our favorite signings, um, you know, all that good stuff. It's It's been wild. It's been hard to keep up. There's been a lot of big signings. There's been a lot of small signings. There's been a lot of in-between signings. We have some guys that are still floating around out there. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump into kind of the, the, the recent thing, which just recently was uh, Chris Carson signs a two-year yeah. deal with the Seattle Seahawks. He's back, my man Chris Carson. He gets 14.6 mil, which is not, you know, super elite running back money, but that's good running back money. Um, I, I that's love... surprising to me. I think he got a slight notch ahead of Kenyon Drake. I, you could have bet me a good chunk of money that he wasn't going to get more money than Drake, so I, I was a little surprised. 
Yeah. I, I, you know, Carson with him, it's always the injury. And the thing is, it's always late in the season. People forget really what he did for you, especially in fantasy yeah. before then. I mean, and even with missing time, he's always one of the top running backs, you know, points per game basis. Um, he gets the touchdowns. They want to run the damn ball. We know that. And he can catch. So I love this for him. It's continuity. Um, he actually gets paid, which I love to see as a Chris Carson guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like this for his fantasy value. It hurts the guys around him kind of. But I like, like I said, I like the continuity of the offense. And that's pretty good money. And yeah, like you said, uh, Christian uh, Kenyon Drake, we might as well talk about that as well. That hurt a lot of people that had high stock in Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, all, all your your dynasty jo- uh, Jacob stock is took a shot there. I don't know oh. if they're more confused or now who is the winner out of David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay. But there's a oh. whole lot of just mucked up backfields out there now. Yeah, it's not pleasant. But I mean, you know, that's kind of what the running backs, you know, landscape yeah. kind of is. If you you either have one of the three or four guys that you know is going to do something. Or you have an assortment of guys who you kind of just plug in. I mean, last year I was plugging in uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards on a weekly basis just because I didn't know who to play, but I had them both, you know. So the the running back landscape feels like that, and it's going to be even more like that now with uh, some of these, like you said, muddled backfields, some extremely muddled backfields. So be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Other big news today, and this isn't like our main part of the show, guys and gals. We do have some stuff prepared, but this is stuff that's recently just happened just since we kind of talked earlier. Uh, we had Juju Smith-Schuster going back to my Pittsburgh Steelers on a one-year deal, which was interesting, $8 million. Uh, apparently, he had offers on the table from Kansas City, Philadelphia, and the Ravens is what I saw. What, what do you what do you make of this? Um, I, I struggle to know if that's accurate um, because if you're telling me that he had, from what was reported, um, somewhere in the range of 11 to $13 million between the Ravens and Eagles – and he chose the Steelers. Oh, okay. You know, if you're in a contract year and you're looking to go make some money, I, I can see that. But from it's reported he had eleven million on the table from the Chiefs and went back. Like I if you're from a contract standpoint, I'm not talking about, you know, obviously familiarity, comfort, yeah. going back to your team. I respect that by all means. Uh not the season the way it ended anybody wanted in Pittsburgh, so I get one and run it back. But like if you're looking to set yourself up for a contract year, that offense might be the play. I, I don't know. It, you know, he obviously got fed a ton, so he's getting the targets in Pittsburgh. But uh, I, I just was shocked that you you know, the report was eleven million in Kansas City, and he took eight million in uh, Pittsburgh, and it was a super crazy deal in Pittsburgh with four void years on the contract. So it's oh, wow. like a like a two point six million dollar. Uh, cap hit this year and everything else is spread out over the next four years um, so obviously Pittsburgh scraping the last dollar to add talent back like that but you know good on him to give a hometown discount go back and, and try to run it back and uh, see if uh, obviously people could stay healthy and have a, a little bit stronger end of the season yeah you know he's young enough to where it's a one-year deal we've seen enough he'll get another offer next year and if he does you know kind of play up you know and Anything can happen, you know, Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, they're there now, but we, you know, James Washington, but we know how quick guys are to fall off or get hurt or disappear. You know, this is the NFL. What it is today is not what it will be tomorrow and what will be the day after. So there's a world where this works out really well for Juju, where, you know, what if he comes back and what if Big Ben is, you know, has a little chip on his shoulder and he's not as dead in the water as we think, you know, what if he turns him into this, you know, his Drew Brees to Michael Thomas? Like, what if we get that kind of a connection this year because of that? So there's a lot of, 
intangible variables. Um, he's young enough. He's got the brand equity. If you, you know, he's a social media guru. So he knows that money comes and money goes. And when you're a guy like him and as savvy as him with the kind of wherewithal, I guess you would say, he knows that one or $2 million, um, I mean, and that's just, you know, I could never speak of things like this, but he can understand. <laughs> I would, these I would love stuff. to have those problems. Yeah, I, I wish, you know, problems. I wish that I could say things like, you know, I'll, I'll leave a mill over here to maybe get, you know, five <laughs> or 10 mil over there later. So I wish I had those problems, like you said, but good on him to go back to the Steelers. And I, I'm really interested to see what the Steeler offense can do, um, especially if they add a running back, which seems like, you know, the big thing they need to do. Um other big signing, we had Will Fuller. A lot of one-year deals, which we kind of all saw – well, not once that we all saw coming. We all pontificated about. Now we've seen it actually play out in real life. Uh, with some of these wide receivers, Will Fuller, $10 million to the Dolphins, uh, makes you kind of scratch your head at some of the deals we saw got done, get done earlier, you know, especially with oh. the Patriots. But uh, this <laughs> – we, I love this. We'll get to that in the loser section. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd have a, I knew you'd have a, a bunch for us there. I oh, can't wait. But uh, what do you think about Will Fuller going to the Dolphins? I, You know – my knee-jerk reaction is just yes. I mean, you know, we have yeah. a veteran veteran player. Um, people call him just a deep threat, but if you watch him play, he can do more than that. Uh, he's a great contested catch guy, too, which he's very underrated for. Um, and the, the injury wasn't even a real thing last year, so we can move on from that. So yeah. I love this. He's a, a great wide receiver. They, they mitigated the risk. You know, if you told me that it was the same AAV, but it was four years, and it was four years, $40 million, I'd have more concern. Um, the fact that you're getting one year and no commitment after that, and you just get him, you know, playing at his best to earn the next contract, and you limit it, you know, $10 million is totally fair when you look at some of the other deals we'll probably talk about later. Um, that's a, a very strong deal to be able to snag the potential that he has there, you know, they could use that kind of deeper threat. And obviously everything's banked on does Tua take a step forward there. And if he does, that's the kind of weapon that you need for him to connect with. And, you know, I, I do think obviously Fuller's long speed is a great threat, but the diversity of his route tree underneath that to be able to threaten people deep and get those, those cheap comeback routes, you know, that, that's easy, cheap yardage. And I think he's going to do really well with that. So, you know, obviously needs to show that last year's health wasn't just the PED use, uh, keeping him healthy. Uh, as long as that's the case, that it was, uh, you know, obviously just unfortunately getting busted for something. You know, the, so many of these guys are using every possible supplement that's right on the fringe to get them as healthy and as strong as possible. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think, you know, a lot of these guys, when you see them get busted, it's usually borderline stuff that's not anything crazy. But a guy who had an injury history in his contract year, you know, I, I have a twinge of concern that was that how he was staying healthy that year or are we ready to step forward here? And he, he didn't miss any time. So, you know, obviously I hope that's the case. Um, but I, I think if he's there and stays healthy, it's a grand slam. You know, it's a no risk for them. A hungry guy, $10 million is a good deal compared to what other guys got paid. Got to be happy. Yeah, and the talents there, like you said. Let's just hope that, like you said, hopefully it wasn't the PEDs just keeping him healthy. And to that point, let's, you know, briefly touch on Tua from a fantasy point of view. I mean, rookie gets thrown to the wolves essentially and this guy's number one weapon is Devonte parker which we all i mean this time last year everybody loved you know but yeah. you don't even hear his name spoken right now and preston williams so when you look at tua you have to look at him through the eyes that we kind of had to look at josh allen uh through his first year you know i mean he still made these guys some of these guys around him he elevated them on certain plays but you can only really do so much 
with so much when you you know so i think getting will fuller with a legitimate you know we a player i mean he's had like 200 yard games in the nfl like this is not this is not preston williams okay this there's actual stuff to back this up um like you said this could this could elevate the whole offense and i'm real i love that for tua i love that for the dolphins and i love that for will fuller so uh, we'll see. Quickly, before we jump into our main event, kind of talking about our favorites, we also had today, uh, we saw that Justin Simmons got tagged. Apparently, he reached a four-year deal with the Broncos. I love that. You know, he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. He's I think great. set the new record for highest paid safety. Is he now? Good. Yeah, I, I mean, so. I saw some people questioning whether they deserved it or not. But, I mean, Buda Baker, I believe, was the guy right before yeah. him. And I love Buda Baker. Uh, but Justin Simmons maybe has yeah, I think a he slightly took... more diverse skill set. Baker's, Baker's deal was like 14.75 and I think they gave uh Simmons 15.1 so right there but in you know I think Simmons was even better in 19 than he was in 2020 but people act like he took some huge step back and he was still very very good it's just he had an elite season in 2019 there's no reason he can't do that again yeah, I think his past deflections were maybe down by a just a just a tinge, and maybe he had like one less interception. But he was essentially just as good. What do he have? Like I believe like ninety something tackles, and he's also great in coverage. So yeah, he he's he deserved every penny of it. Good on him. Um, one of the best safeties in the league. Um, other defensive moves we did have a guy that I like. I like um, Anthony Walker from the Colts signed a one year deal with the Browns. Browns need a middle linebacker who knows what the is going on out there anthony walker is that i know people love to knock him in coverage but he's still an impact player even if he maybe isn't a three down linebacker but that was then maybe he they play him as a three down linebacker now we don't know what's going to happen with this browns defense but we do know that they did add john johnson which we talked about the other night on the show the show they just added anthony walker i mean those are upgrades objectively Um, well i I mean might as well jump in here because that that was my team winner as far as the the winners and losers, you add that combination with bringing in Walker and a, a super underrated one, adding Troy Hill, who is the best rated nickel corner, you know, from a PFF standpoint the last couple of years. So now you add John Johnson, who I thought was the best available safety from a youth and and talent standpoint. You talk about they got him at eleven million, and Justin Simmons went for fifteen million. You know, I'll take that. I, I think that that's a nice signing. He's not, uh, you know, Simmons, but he's very very good so now you add that in there troy hill and the nickel uh even got tack mckinley super cheap on a flyer i think that's worth it to you know take a stab at and just see what you got and then just this evening they uh signed malik jackson off the cheap from philadelphia so only needing him as a rotational guy where you're still adding him in with you know, already having richardson and obviously miles garrett you know kind of plays everything so now Richardson, Miles Garrett, you add in Malik Jackson to rotate. Tack McKinley gets to play off of those guys. And now behind them, you give Troy Hill in the slot and John Johnson as a safety. I, I think Cleveland took a major step forward. They already had a ton of spending and talent on the offensive side of the ball. But these kind of deals, all you know, obviously Johnson was a big expenditure. But everybody else was a pretty reasonable contract. I think they are pretty smart about how they did. They got Troy Hill $4.5 million a year. Uh, Walker was no. only th- 3 and a half. Really good values. Yeah, yeah. Those are immediate upgrades, too, like we said. I, I love that pick. Speaking of which, we'll just go ahead and kind of segue in. Uh, our main event is going to be winners and losers. And for the team, the biggest winner, uh, he, you know, Greg just said, the Browns. And I, I love that pick. Definitely their, off, their defense got stronger. My pick is going to be the Washington football team. And it's just because they, they added – 
Curtis Samuel, which I love. You know, they didn't really have a second receiving option there last year. I mean, if it, we can say it's Logan Thomas, and that you know that doesn't make me feel very good. Uh, and they added a legitimate quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, yeah, he has his interception woes, but I'm of the mindset that interceptions held against quarterbacks are kind of a little bit sketchy, especially when you look at some of the teams that he's been put on and the situations he gets put in. I said the same thing with Jameis. Yeah, he had a lot of his own turnovers, but sometimes you're just, when you're behind, you know, when you're playing with some of these defenses, I mean, Fitzmagic had to play with the Jets a few years ago. It's like you have no choice but to throw it deep. And, you know, whenever everyone knows you're going to throw it deep, that can put you at a disadvantage. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets to go into a team now where he won't be forced to throw it deep all the time. He will get to pick his spots because this defense can hold people down. Um, I love the signing. He's a legitimate veteran. I heard somebody say recently, uh, I don't remember who it was or what they said. They said, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's not a court Super Bowl winning quarterback. On this team with Ron Rivera that already went to the playoffs with Alex Smith, who is like running at 65%, and then Taylor Heineke, who's probably 65% of a 65% Alex Smith. <laughs> I mean, yes, please sign me up. Hashtag um, math. Hashtag Matt. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I, I think this is a great signing. Curtis Samuel, they added. And they have, I think they're the, the defense, the only thing that defense is really missing is a, a solid middle linebacker. You know, Holcomb, Cole Holcomb, he's, he's okay. Uh, but I think they, they have a chance in this draft class with some pretty good speedy linebackers. They could add that last piece. Um, I love Cameron Curl as well, who they got last year. They nailed their rookie picks last year, I feel like. So. Yeah. Uh, that was my big winner. What do, what do you think about the Washington football team? It's crazy, crazy they're still called the Washington football team. Like, this team has a chance to make a run, and we don't even have a name for them. Like, what if they, they go that'll do get addressed here. That'll get addressed here this summer, though. They won't give up that marketing opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Samuel signing. Now, I, I'm curious, you know, long-term. Obviously, keeping Brandon Scherf was enormous. Uh, cost a ton. Um, but he was an elite talent. But then you talk about adding William Jackson. Um, that was one of my targets that I wanted for the Bills. You know, fantastic, you know, speedy corner to be able to add back there. Um, I think they're really putting something together. And I'm curious long-term. Obviously, Fitz is 39. That's not the long-term answer to much anything. Um, but you combine... Curtis Samuel with, you know, Terry McLaurin, that's a really dangerous modern receiving core. So I I think that's a nice step. Samuel was probably one of my favorite values at $11.5 million compared to other other guys who got paid more than that. Um, I thought Samuel was a really explosive addition to them. Um, so he was one of my favorite individual players. And then, you know, a couple others that I thought did a really nice job. I thought Carolina did a nice job. You talk about losing Samuel. They were really good on the value end of things. So on the offensive line, adding Pat Elfline and Cam Irving, neither are great, but they got them both cheap. Then on defense, they did a bunch of guys that I like. Morgan Fox from the Rams, Hassan Reddick, um, bringing in Denzel Perriman. I, I really like the little pieces that they added in there already with Brian Burns and some of the guys they had with Jeremy Chin. So I think that was a really interesting kind of value play uh, from a, a free agency standpoint. And then obviously I already mentioned the Browns. Um, I liked from an offensive standpoint what the Chargers did. So going out and getting Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer to protect your your you know what looks like a really promising rookie quarterback. Um, I thought those were really nice moves as well. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of a lot of big winners. Um, I love the pick there with the the Panthers adding Hassan Reddick. You know he kind of gets poo pooed a little bit, but that's because I feel like he's one of these. 
he maybe was played out of position. He's one of these kind of hybrid edge guys, kind of like a Brian Burns, maybe a little smaller, maybe doesn't have the, the power as much. Maybe he's a little more of a finesse guy. He goes back with his old college coach. He gets to play next to Derek. You know, Derek Brown is now the, you know, that first round interior player now. He has Brian Burns on the other side. Yuter Gross Matos, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I like him as a versatile player, especially from an IDP fantasy point of view, because he has the mindset of both a middle linebacker. Like he's not scared to go get tackles. And now that he's played this edge role and done it successfully, I mean, he had the second most sacks in the league this last year. I wasn't the second or third most. I'll have to double check that. I think I have it pulled up over here. But incredible season from him either way. And when you do a little bit more digging into him, and I was looking at his production profile last night, he's consistently behind the line of scrimmage too. He's putting up tackles for loss on a pretty consistent level, even when he was playing one of those off ball linebacker positions. So uh, if he can get into a, a rotation where, you know, he has a, a, a role like he did this last year that works for him, uh, you know, with a coach that wants to use him. And I had a buddy say to me, you know, I said, well, you know, somebody said something about Gross Matos. He's like, Temple just went and got him, you know, they just went and got him, you know, so, you know, he played with him at Temple, his coach, he want he already favors him over Uter oh, Rosmato. So well, I, I just the know. modern NFL defenses, guys aren't playing 80% of snaps, you know, it's a rotation. Now you have a chance to have Hassan Reddick, Brian Burns and Grossmatos all getting, you know, 50, 60% of snaps. You can put that together into something exciting and in, in that I think that's a, a really strong top three to be able to have out there and you should have two of those guys in the field almost at all times. I think that's really intriguing. Yeah. And especially, like I said, with Reddick being versatile, he can drop back, you know, into the middle, you know, and he can, he can move things around a little bit, keep things a little bit interesting. So, and you know, we already know Jeremy Chin. I mean, that dude is a beast, man. People forget he lined up in the backfield on that special teams play. And what do you, he got like a 20 some odd yard run for me in my oh, team. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> nobody to wants that. to tackle that nobody wants to tackle that no he's a beast um i mean i hope uh, isaiah simmons was put on notice with his season this year so all right well that was kind of all of our big winners anybody else you want to touch on i saw some people talking a little bit of trash on the bud dupree signing i feel like that's a little unfair to bud dupree but and that's coming and i was like kind of a bud dupree hater last year but now that like people are kind of like yeah he's you know what a waste of money by the titans i'm like mm. why i mean why why are you gonna hate on my guy so it's not a waste of money they overpaid there's a difference um he's really good he's gonna be good for them is he probably gonna live up to 16 and a half million dollars probably not but he's really good it's no different than leonard williams leonard williams is a really good player is he going to be worth $21 million a year? Probably not, but he's really good. You know, so it's, you'll hear me talk about that in the losers category here. Losers in free agency aren't horrific busts. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, we know about those guys who get cut and we're just terrible. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, or, you know, sometimes a loser in free agency is uh, Kyle Van Noy. Like, he was good. But you paid him $15 million a year to be elite, and he wasn't. He was just good. So now all of a sudden you cut him the next year. It doesn't mean he was a bust or he was horrible. He played pretty well. He just wasn't elite. you know. So that kind of thing, those are the kind of guys you're going to hear me talk about in the losers where guys who got paid to be number one threat kind of options, and really they're just pretty good, and they're going to have a really hard time living up to those deals. Fair, fair. 
Yeah, I mean it is a lot of money, but that's a position. You know, that's that's the that's the sexy position on defense. Yeah. You know, those are the guys who pull money. Bud Dupree has you know shown himself to be to be elite, um, and you know across from on an elite line. I like you said, it'll be interesting to see how he can do playing with lesser being top well, dog basically. Like talk about, he, they still have Jeffrey Simmons. They added mm-hmm. to Nico Autry. So I mean, you're that was about- the guy that that interior pass rush on this team is going to be pretty. They're going to be crashing in pretty heavy. I, I still really got Jayon Brown behind him, and you know, yeah, they, they kept the squad the together. Side. I love Harold Landry. I stand so hard for Harold Landry. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's like the most not sexy pass rusher in the whole NFL. Like he is the poster boy of like just a nameless, faceless pass rusher. But I love him. Like I just it, love him so much. <laughs> the crazy, I mean, they leave Kevin Byard all by himself in that secondary. That I'm not sure who, how that secondary yeah. is going to hold together. But that yeah. front seven's legit. They brought in Jenkins. They got rid of Butler. Um, I'm for IDP the last two years. Logan Ryan two years ago was the defensive back one, mm-hmm. and this last year, uh, Malcolm Butler playing that similar role was defensive back seven or eight, I believe. So okay. do not sleep on the Janoris Jenkins signing because if he plays in that similar role, and you know that's kind of like that hybrid corner slash safety, which is kind of what they're doing with Logan Ryan. And I, you know, Janoris Jenkins is no slouch. I mean, he's a great corner. He maybe is losing a step. I believe he's in age 30 now. But mm-hmm. that's exactly the kind of guy they've just had playing this position. Logan Ryan, mm-hmm. I believe he just turned 30, 31. Uh, Malcolm Butler, same thing. So they just went out and got another guy who's a corner that maybe has lost a step, that they're going to play in a specific type of role. So I'm really, really high on Janoris Jenkins from a uh, an all-around just uh, IDP uh, fantasy perspective. Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins number – or not Malcolm Jenkins, yeah, Malcolm Butler, number three this year. So, you know, last year, like I said, two years ago, it was Logan Ryan finished number one playing in that spot. I'm just assuming that Janoris Jenkins is going to play this spot because that's, you know, that just makes sense to me. But what, what are your thoughts on that signing? And then and then we'll go ahead and get to the, the big old losers. Um, so I, I'm still un, unsure. I'm, I'm curious to see how it fits. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll hold on for that one. All right. Fair, fair. Um. What do you think about uh? What do you think about Jordan Poyer's? Uh, I did a little PSA the other day. I saw his post about uh, kind of overcoming through the alcoholism, and yeah. really kind of hit a nerve with me because you know it's one, it's 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 really good to see somebody young, um, kind of going through these things. I feel like sometimes we, especially as people, we want to hide these things from ourselves, but to face things like that head on and be like, look, and I, I mean, I I. I haven't really said it, but I used to struggle with binge drinking. Like I just, and that's a form of alcoholism. I remember in college being like, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a binge drinker. Well, you Google binge drinker. That's a form of alcoholism, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know, it was kind of something I had to just sit back and be like, man, like I, if I'm going to drink, I can't do it like this. And just, you know, having that moment with myself where I was like, I know it feels okay. And maybe people say it's okay, but I, for me can look at myself and say, that's not for me. And that's not right. It was really interesting to see or good to see him put that out there. Um, you know, with a guy with a platform, um, and it's you know important for people to see like it's not just it's not a homeless guy sitting on a bench in a park you know it's everybody and anybody can be affected by these things so that kind of hit a chord with me and you know I, I just pulled him up again here with this so I just got thinking about it but good on you Bills Mafia you guys got some good ones up there man no I, I thought it was really impressive to see him open up like that um, just as a person and being comfortable doing that but you know on the field he's that's a dog like that man throws his body around like nobody's business you know was i think you look at the top 20 25 tacklers in the nfl last year it's 24 linebackers and jordan poyer and you know i mean he puts and that's not you know sometimes you have safeties do that for 
crappy teams who are getting tons of points scored on them and they just have a bajillion reps and snaps on defense the, the bills were pretty good <laughs> you know so uh it, it was you know really intriguing there and i i stand for him last year furious that he didn't make the pro bowl it was crazy mm. um but he's really really good just impactful all around um you know creating havoc you know that he's great off the corner on a blitz and really really impactful there so certainly glad to see him and micah hyde locked up for multiple years to come we've got the two of them together here for for at least two more seasons each um and excited to see where that goes yes amen amen sir all right before we move on quickly y'all just want to say check out the idp army uh patreon patreon.com forward slash the idp army i'm going to be putting out more content over there doing some like uh you know exclusive podcast stuff over there as well as if you sign up for the black ops tier which is what you're going to want you're going to get access to the ultimate idp index that is dropping on 4-1 that is a little less than two weeks away that's going to give you access to tiered rankings production profiles of players buy sell tool trade values exclusive videos blah so much stuff i can't even tell you um i'll just put it this way when i started this project back around christmas time if i had told myself then how much work it was going to be there's no fucking way I would have even bothered to do it. But I did it. I started it, and the journey just kept going and going and going. And I just kept adding more and more to it, and I really think it's going to be something that's going to change the IDP game for forever. It's going to put people in a position to understand IDP quickly. They're going to come in, and they're going to quickly assimilate to who the players are, what they're capable of doing, and hopefully it helps usher in a new, uh, a new overall holistic approach to fantasy football, which is kind of what we stand for here on this channel and on this podcast. So, like I said, go check out the Patreon, IDP Army, um, and you guys can get access to that and other stuff. So, back to reality. Let's talk about some free agency losers, okay? What was your least favorite move of free agency just like the all around just like just ugh. um so obviously it's it's gotten made fun of plenty but the the nelson aguilar signing is just <laughs> mind-blowing like it, it just makes no sense that they obviously they overplayed their hand and jumped out early i was a fan of nelson aguilar last year when you talk about the production he had for the raiders playing on the freaking league minimum um, you know, of course that that was a nice value of what they put together. Now, you know, he can make up to 26 million, you know, base of tw- of 11 million. They paid him the same of Curtis Samuel and he has higher escalators than what Cur- Curtis Samuel got. Corey Davis got 12 and a half million. We were talking about the nice fit of Will Fuller for, for 10 million. Juju went for 8 million. Um, I loved Marvin Jones as a value to Jacksonville at, you know, barely 6 million. Um, the Bills are going to get Emmanuel Sanders for four million and change. You know, if I ask you, gun to your head, who's better, Nelson Aguilar and Emmanuel Sanders? Was that a, a coin flip? <laughs> and they're going to pay him almost three times as much. Um, it, that that's a rough one, you know. And obviously, it's timing. It's how the market works. It's yeah. how how things happen. You jump out there. You think it's going to be hot. You know, you haven't even seen some of the higher end guys, you know, Kenny Gowdy still hasn't even signed um, because the wide receiver market was so, you know, hollow. Um, but you said, you know, Kendrick Bourne, they got for 5 million. That one wasn't too bad. I, he's a really nice up and coming guy. You know, Detroit got Tyrell Williams for 4 million. John Brown went to Vegas for three and a half million. You know, if you told, if I put him in a bag and told you, you get to pick one of Nelson Aguilar, Tyrell Williams, or John Brown, would you care which one you got? I would want John Brown. 
Uh, you know, and Aguilar is going to get paid triple those other oh, guys. Yeah, it's 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 easily the worst contract. Fair, yeah. Screw the Patriots. <laughs> now, <laughs> as an aside, obviously, I am an avid Patriots hater. Um, I have I have no qualms with that. Um, the thing I will say is they added some really nice names. Like if you just look at the names on yeah. their free agency run, bringing back David Andrews. You know, adding Matt Judon, adding both Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry, adding, you know, Jalen Mills is okay. Uh, Devon Godcho, I was a fan of. Kendrick Bourne, I was a fan of coming out. Um, you know, I hate Henry Anderson, but that's this whole separate thing. Um, bringing Van Noy back, I think, is yeah, kind of low-key yeah. underrated. Bringing Van Noy back, the challenge is, I'll give him, besides Van Noy, Van Noy was probably a nice value. Ted Karras was a decent value. Every other name I rattled off, they overpaid by like 150%. And like that, it's going to be like it was two years ago when the Raiders added Trent Brown and LaMarcus Joyner and Tyrell Williams, and they were all the hottest names on free agency. Like, oh man, look at these names. And everybody's like, yeah, but they paid a lot. And then last year, everybody loved Miami's offseason, and now they cut Van Noy and they had to trade Shaq Lawson for 50 cents on the dollar and, you know, going through there. It's going to be the same thing. This team is going to be way better in 2021. They added talent, but when you overpay for all of it, that those checks are going to come due. I, I'll be curious if half these guys are on the roster in 2022. Yeah, fair. And it's like, why pay for those kind of wide receivers if you're not going to throw the ball? I mean, we know Cam Newton is not going to be airing it out. I mean, you could have just thrown it to Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry. Like, are they that much worse than you, you spent two Kendrick- third round picks on tight ends last year? Yeah, and yeah, you had the two tight ends. I mean, just, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand what the Patriots do. No one ever does. Um, <laughs> finally, they're going to actually look bad. They're going to run the single wing and just, you know, come back, you know, three tight ends every single play. It's going to just oh, Cam. I want re- Cam to reinvent succeed. the NFL. Yeah, just, yeah, re- just rewrite history. Um, biggest free agency loser. I didn't pick an actual player. Um, if I did... Um. I, I personally didn't. I couldn't really think of anyone that I overly hated going. Everybody pretty much got paid well. Um, a lot of guys have ended up in situations that are either the same or better. I didn't. There was nobody I really hated going anywhere. Um, personally, um, you know, obviously, any guy who went from a starting situation to a backup situation. Um, if you had stock in Mitch Trubisky, that one probably got hurt a little bit. You were kind of yeah. hoping he would hang on to the starting spot in Chicago. Um, do we have you know, to like? Do we have to like Mitch Trubisky now? Like, is um, that so required as a Buffalo Bills fan, the fact that the Bills got him for two and a half million as the backup quarterback is great. Like, uh, that's wonderful. You know, Jacoby Brissett was seven and a half million. Tyra Taylor was twelve million. Dalton was ten. Cam was up to fourteen. You know, every other yeah. guy in that mid range. You know, Trubisky's in that ballpark. Like, if you want to tell me you like some of those guys a little bit better, sure. He's not that different than those other guys, and they got him for two and a half million. Hot dog! <laughs> That's yeah. like, I, I'm I'm good by that. Um, He's got playoff experience too. When it comes I hope right he, down to it, I hope it's an insurance policy that never matters and he never oh. touches the field and he just sits there on the sideline holding protect the clipboard. Josh Allen, protect um, Josh Allen. But you know the reason you do that is you know Josh Allen plays a violent brand of football, and if he were to go down for two or three weeks, I would feel fine with Mitch Trubisky coming in for three weeks and keeping the ship afloat. When you have Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis and Emmanuel Sanders, he can make that work. 
Um, we say that now. <laughs> I hope I never have to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I hope you never have to actually see this. Um, <laughs> probably some of the running backs that got muddied. Um, you know, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram yeah. and David Johnson, they're not winners in this. Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs are not winners in this. So that would be where I'd look, you know, because honestly, we make fun of the Nelson Aguilar signing. He's probably going to get similar targets to what he got in Vegas is what he will. He'll probably be the top target from a wide receiver standpoint in, in New England. So he he's probably similar in value. Um, I don't have a lot of, you know, any defensive guy that got signed for big money got signed because he's going to get a prominent role. So there's not a ton of losers that direction. I Maybe, have a, I, I was a fan of Sean Taki Taki coming in, this past year. So he probably loses out on that Walker signing. He's probably yeah. going to lose some reps. Maybe yeah. there's someone in combinations like that, that were, was an up and coming guy. You thought was going to get some reps in that spot. And now he's not because they signed a prominent guy, someone like that. All right. Two things I want to discuss with you, uh, kind of as they're in my head right now. Um, biggest loser as a team. I hate to say this, but I feel like it's the Steelers. Um, from a fantasy and a semi-real perspective, so fantasy we get Juju back. So the target distribution—I mean, I'm not—I don't—I don't pretend to know what's going to happen, but I will say that it looked nicer for Claypool and Johnson and yeah. Ebron when I thought Juju wasn't going to be there. All right, sure. so those are just those are just big facts. We lost Mike Hilton. I did not like that at all. We still have Terrell Edmonds bum, bumping around out there, and I would like to get us. I would like us to have a better starting strong safety. I, I'm just going to say that out loud. Um, Matt, Matt Fowler did, was one of the best values out there in free agency, and he left. And Villanueva is still a free agent. Yeah, and then we lost Bud Dupree. I like Alex Highsmith, but just because I've seen what this Steelers unit can do the past two years, seeing pieces of that unit go away and seeing pieces of big Ben's body, like, you know, falling apart as he's running <laughs> off the field. I don't like, I feel like they're the biggest losers. I feel like they should have just things did not fall the way I wanted them to for the Steelers this off season. And that even goes to, I mean, I, as much as I love big Ben, I'm ready for big Ben to not be throwing the football because I want the Steelers to go deep into the playoffs. <laughs> How about this for a sneaky fantasy winner? Um, Benny Snell. Uh, they're gonna draft a running back. I, I, I think just, so too. I think so yeah. too. And I saw what Benny Snell did last year on a couple of my teams, and he did get me a couple of touchdowns once or twice. And I appreciated it, but there were more times when I was like, "What's going on over here?" And he had upper he had opportunity too. So I feel like I don't know. I mean, I I but let's hype him up now. I can trade him. Yeah, Benny Snell, that's the man. <laughs> what do you think about McFarland though? Because um. I what if because what do they spend a third or a fourth or a fifth? They yeah, draft him, right? Maybe, yeah, early day three, maybe he might okay. have been an early fourth, something like that. He was um, undrafted. There are smart guys I know who are big fans of him. I I was I felt like he was a gadget. I I don't feel like he's ever going to be a high volume guy that's going to matter in fantasy. I could see him being one of those guys that has some cool breakaway plays here that cause dude's crazy fast mm-hmm. and that's going to get people to be excited and to pick him up and then to play him. And then he's going to have four carries for 23 yards. Um, but you know, if for some reason late in the season injuries fell just right that they had to feed him the ball, he's got the athleticism to do it. I just, I don't see there's any way he would hold up over a season to make that work, but the yeah. athleticism is there and is legit. Especially the way the Steelers use running backs. Like, they use you up. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. 
that's just yeah. their mo you there's know? a reason james Conner hasn't signed yet <clears throat> yeah that's unfortunate okay and the other aside i quickly want to talk about was carl lawson he is the like he is like the indie band that everybody's into right now when it comes to pass rushers <laughs> he's got all these pressures stacked up on these you know just so many snaps um not a whole lot of sacks to his name I don't think he has any pass deflections to his name. I think he's got two forced fumbles in five years, but he gets really great pressure rates, um, and people are obsessed. What are your thoughts about him going to the Jets, working with Salah? He gets to play with Quinton Williams. I like. He gets Salah. I like that. I like the Jets' defense to be on the field a lot, which I like that. But the reality for me as an IDP person is I haven't seen Carl Lawson put up gaudy numbers, and I like gaudy num- I like guys who at least have gaudy upside if I'm going to play them every week. Um, and I haven't seen that from Carl Lawson, but what, what are you, what are your thoughts on Lawson? I mean, obviously there's some upside there because we know Bengals pass rushers, none of them ever really get to get to their ceiling. So, yeah. so it, the indie band comp is hysterical because it's once, true. Once Spotrac <laughs> put that number out there, and don't get me, I, I'm huge. I'm close friends with Mike. He's the best in the business. He misses like everybody else. He hits more than anybody else, but he misses like anybody else. And when he put out Carl Lawson's market value at $8 million, everyone had him as, oh, that's my favorite value pass rusher. And I kept telling people for weeks, I'm like, if everyone has him as their favorite value, he's not going to be a value. Um, and of course, he went for $15 million, not $8 million. Um, And the guy that traded with him was the same way. The second guy on everybody's list was Trey Hendrickson. Like, oh, if we could get Trey Hendrickson for $9, $10 million, that'd be awesome. I'm like, he's not going to be 9 or $10 million. Um, so both of them, I'll say it separately. I think Hendrickson is set up for failure because he's paid as a number one pass rusher when he produced as a really high motor hustle pass rusher in New Orleans surrounded by four other first round picks. And that when you have Cam Jordan and Sheldon Rankins and you know Marcus just, Davenport, Davenport doesn't count. He doesn't yeah. count. When you have they talent way all overpaid you, for him. Okay. When you have talent all around you, it it makes it easier. And so many of his sacks last year were hustle sacks. And that, that doesn't mean he didn't produce. He did. But now he's going to be all by himself in yeah. Cincinnati, where Carl, or, yeah. Carl Lawson's gone, Geno Atkins is gone, Carlos Dunlap's gone. And Sam Hubbard don't don't put up those pressures. Yeah, and paying him fifteen the, million dollars like he's Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett, he isn't. He just we isn't. have we have the two most hustle defensive ends in the NFL on the same team right now. <laughs> Seriously, um, so now <laughs> you go you flip that. I will say there's at least some potential. With Robert Sala coming in, you already have Quinnen Williams there. You have some potential to bring some pressure. You know, I, I'm not huge on Jabari Zuniga, but he had some flashes here or there. Um, I think Lawson's maybe slightly better set up to be able to uh, succeed. I would have liked it better if the Jets were able to keep Terrell Basham. Um, he was actually a really nice value signing with the Cowboys. Uh but I at least think Lawson's in a slightly better situation because I think Quinn and Williams at least legitimately takes defensive attention and is going to let Lawson's Lawson is a more versatile pass rush, you know, repertoire than what mm-hmm. Trey Hendrickson does. Um, so I think that's going to translate a little bit better, but I also don't know that he's going to live up to $15 million a year. Um, that's a high investment for a guy who most honestly should be a number two pass rusher, not a number one pass rusher. 
I'm I'm I I definitely agree to an extent. Um and that I mean I think he like you said he's the better pass rusher. When I look at it through a fantasy lens though, I'm just looking at some just raw numbers here, but you know, like I said, he's all uh Carl Lawson has only forced two fumbles. I call these impact plays. These are plays that are out that are not tackles or quarterback hits. Um and for pass rushers, I try not to count sacks because those are kind of baked in. He only has two impact plays that are not tackles for loss directly behind the line of scrimmage, which tells me he he's he's focused on getting to the quarterback, which is what you love. That's why he has the high pressure numbers. That's why he has the high quarterback hit numbers. But when you look at everything else he does, you know, zero pass deflections on 1,800 snaps. Only two forced fumbles, and both those came this year. Um, no fumble recoveries, no interceptions, which, I mean, you know, that's whatever. The tackle for loss number is is good, but it's still not great, and he played plenty of snaps this year. Um, and then when you look at Trey Hendrickson, you know, through his career, he's played about 500 less snaps than Lawson, yeah. three pass deflections, three forced fumbles. His efficiency uh, numbers are intriguing. His efficiency numbers are intriguing, and he's a finisher. He has the same number of sacks that Carl Lawson has on 500 less snaps. He had 50 tacks, tackles this year. He played like 200 less snaps than Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson put up, he put up right around 50, so good on him on that. Um, but Trey Hendrickson's quarterback hits are there too. So, uh, you know, I look at that, I, you know, pressures, quarterback hits. The only way I can really attribute a pressure in IDP fantasy is through the quarterback hit and through the sack. So when I look at his quarterback hit and his sack numbers, I mean, they're, they're there, you know, just as much as Lawson's are intact. So I think he's getting a little bit, poo-pooed on um i sure. both of them i think are you know we're seeing a new wave of pass rushers in the nfl right now uh, of guys that are getting their shot we just saw jack barrett got a shot boom he's, he's yeah. you know what i mean uh so yeah, we he's just, the ultimate example of can efficiency translate yeah and, and can that go and he is the upside of that mm-hmm. the the one counter and, and obviously you know at cover one we tried to do a lot of work where you meld together the benefits of analytics and the data with the film and be able to watch and see where it comes from. The biggest warning shot that I had was watching guys like Brandon Thorne, who are you know the best in the business from a line standpoint and you know the mm-hmm. uh, tre- trench warfare podcast and the work yep. that he does. When he went through and scored the 14 and a half sacks that they credited Trey Hendrickson with, he had three and a half that he wouldn't even have credited to him. And then another chunk that were, either coverage sacks, hustle sacks, or caused by other people's pressures and thought it was closer to six sacks that he created. Um, and I think that's closer to his actual value. I think he's going to be a six to eight sack guy, which is valuable. And I think he's going to make impact plays and do a lot of things. I just worry that, you know, that's not exactly what you expect for 15 million bucks. You expect the guy who just had 14 and a half sacks. That's what you want. Fair. You're good, Brandon Thorne. I, I love that reference. I, I I checked out his charts and all that oh, stuff. And yeah, I mean, it, his it sack is. score numbers are great. If you're looking for efficiency and sustainability mm-hmm. in defensive line numbers, I, I think Brandon's sack score uh, metrics are the best place to look for. It's not predictive, but it can look for what were outliers and say, hey, who probably was a little bit more efficient? And you and I had this conversation before after Jordan Phillips season. Mm-hmm. After Jordan Phillips had that season with the Bills and you looked at what his pressure numbers were versus getting those 10 sacks, it was screaming saying, hey, this probably isn't going to happen again. He goes to the Cardinals and he gets two sacks. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. it was that was a lot more in line with what his numbers were saying. And, you know, I, I don't think two is remotely in the in the cards. But if you yeah. told me that 
the next three seasons, Trey Hendrickson had 20 sacks in three seasons, I'd say, yeah, that's about right. It's going to be fun, and I have a feeling, I would hate knock on wood, it's probably going to be one of those things that people just argue about all summer, and then one of them is going to pull a hamstring in like like a week <laughs> before the season, and it'll be like all these thought pieces and all these articles and all this, and it'll all be dead in the water. <laughs> uh, you'll love it. Um, all right, quickly, before we kind of move on to the next thing I want to tell, anybody's listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Um, if you guys want to know, we are now an affiliate of Monkey Knife Fight, the third largest daily fantasy platform. We are proud of that. Monkey Knife Fight embodies everything that the IDP Army is. We are disruptive. We are forward-thinking. We are about that action. So go over there on Monkey Knife Fight, sign up, use promo code IDP Army. They're going to give you a deposit bonus up to 100% on $50. Um, and that's going to give the IDP Army a little kickback. You know, I've told you all for the last two years when I've been doing this, I do this for free. I do this because I love you. Guess what? I'm tired of working for free. So I'm not asking you to pay me. I'm asking you to go make yourself some money and throw a little bit of that money back to me. I would appreciate that if you did that. If not, I'm not going to hold it against you because I'll still be here. So there's my pitch. There's hopefully I didn't take up too much of your time. I want to give you guys value. I don't want you guys. I don't just want to sound like I'm begging for money. But I will you know, Venmo me too. Hit me up. You can DM me. So, um, <laughs> all right. Biggest biggest loser for the player. Um, actually, I just forget that question. What do you think about Yannick going to the Raiders? Let's just get right down to it. There's a pass rusher that, to me, Yannick Ngakwe is the most intriguing. He might be the most intriguing player in the NFL to me because just the consistency of what he does, it's eight, nine sacks every single year. It doesn't matter who's with him. It doesn't matter what's going on in his life. This man gets a fuck ton of sacks. And I'm, that's not even a fuck ton, but that's consistency. And if you know like, at the yeah. sack, at, at the at the court, uh, defensive end position to hit those kinds of numbers consistently, even though they might not be gaudy, 14-15, to put up eight a season. I mean, those are the kinds of numbers guys like um, Ryan Kerrigan. Well, he pushed up to like 13 several years in a row. But similar-ish sort of consistency. And maybe it's not that elite, but it's good enough to get noticed. The interesting thing about him is people are like, oh, he's not good at run defense. He really doesn't do a lot in the tackle department, which kills his value for IDP. Highlighted by the fact that this this mofo had zero assist tackles this season, but he had eight sacks. Okay, let that sink into your brain. Okay, this guy didn't have a if single. If he's not assist. getting to the quarterback, he just costs. yeah, he not he not worried about it at all. <laughs> but I love the sign to the Raiders. He's always disruptive too, which is what's yeah. one of the things I love about. Him. I mean, he's got 18 forced fumbles in his career. He led the league in 2017. He had four this year, playing on two teams. He had four last year. I guess he was kind of on three teams last year. But he goes to the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders need pass rush help. Clellan Farrell, if anyone even talks about him in the IDP world, they're wasting your time, okay, well, because he's dust. The crazy um, part is, listen to these names that you rattle off in the, in their front seven. And, it, I mean, it's crazy when you talk about the names that are there for what people thought of as either draft potential or free agent potential you know cleveland farrell maurice hurst quentin jefferson solomon thomas max crosby yannick Ngakwe, nick kwiatkowski and Corey littleton that's a ridiculous front seven like the potential and, and mm-hmm. like what people see in those guys that you can go through and now having you know quentin jefferson was a great sign the bills couldn't afford to keep him they needed to free up some money to be able to keep the the other major free getting milano back and Daryl Williams and those guys, they got Solomon Thomas on the cheap from San Francisco. Oh, I, I forgot that. Um, yeah, they made moves. Already having Max Crosby, already having Cleveland Farrell, already having Maurice Hurst. Now you add Ngakwe off the edge there. It, I mean, it's legit. Now, the, their secondary is, you know, 
garbage. Still garbage. Um, Just call it what it is, Greg. Jonathan Abram can run around and hit people. He can't cover anybody. No. Um, So, you know, they're still going to give up a ton of points behind them. But that front seven's legit. Like, they're going to cause some some pressure and some wreak, some havoc. I forgot about the Jefferson signing. You know, and, I, and now that you say that, I remember seeing a quote from him. You know, he said, uh, the direct quote was essentially, I'm paraphrasing, not verbatim, but he said, you know, Yannick and I, we played together at Maryland. He's like, we, I know we can do some good things together. Yeah. I like stuff like that. I like guys that gel because it really, I mean, football is the ultimate team sport. And so many good examples of that, especially on defense, where it's not just a guy throwing a ball to somebody, but it's 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 Montez Sweat batting a ball down that Deron Payne catches an interception against Russell Wilson. You know, it's um, um, it's 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 Shaq Barrett getting pressure that allows you know, uh, uh, what's the guy with the grill? I can't think of his name. Carlton Davis to make there the interceptions. You, you know, it's it's the the guy hitting the elbow. You know, that's putting the fumble in somebody else's hands. I mean, it's so the synchronicity it takes. You know, and there's something to be said. You know, people are like, oh, the mind meld of Devontae Adams and uh, Aaron Rodgers. There are guys on defense that I believe they play get better together. There are certain guys where their skill sets play off each other. And that's kind of what defensive coaches are trying to do, you know, because you only have a guy that can do so much, but it's what can I put around him that's going to enhance that, which is I love. I call them disruptive defenses. Maybe they're not the best. You don't have the best guy at ever. You know, he's not great at this or that. Look at Yannick. He's not going to get any tackles. You know who does get a lot of tackles, who does make a lot of hustle plays? Max Crosby. He tries really hard. You know what I mean? So Nick, now Nick Kwiatkowski. Nick Kwiatkowski, great. Another just, you know, lunch pill, you know, hard hat kind of guy. Like, I'm just going to go do it. Jonathan Abram. So now you put guys like that around guys who just pin their ears back and don't care, you know, to make a, ta- a tackle. Yannick. And the synchronicity of that defense is it's very interesting to me. Um, and Carolina, we alluded to earlier, another defense where I'm very interested in how the synchronicity of these players coming together is because it's got a lot of the raw ingredients you like. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what I, they can do. I see do. the question in the chat from Troy about the Lions. And I want to say, so one of the guys for cover one is uh, Russell Brown, one of the best uh, draft guys out there. And he's a Lions fan, and I certainly have felt for him with some of the bigger name guys that, you know, losing Stafford, losing Galladay, um, the situation that they're even losing Marvin Jones. I, I think they were at least smart in what they did in free agency. If you're going to spend, bring back the young pass rusher in Mario Aquara, Romeo Aquara. Um, if you're going to replace receivers, do it cheap. They got Terrell Williams and Brashad Perriman cheap. Um, it's not the same as as what you, you know. Obviously, they're not Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. But if you're going to replace that, do it cheap and then invest in the draft. Um, you know, Jamal Williams, I think, is is a weapon there. I think I'd rather have him than you know Adrian Peterson. I, you know, I think that's at least some addition in that situation. So. I think it's it's going to be a rebuilding year. They got a ton of draft capital. They're in position to kind of rebuild and restock and then move forward. I don't know that this season's going to be an awesome season. Um, you know, they got Michael Brockers super cheap. I think like a seventh round pick to get Michael Brockers. Um, he's a you know a grown adult defender that can come in there. I'm curious to see Jeff Okuda in year two. So I, I don't know that it's going to be a super fun season for Detroit fans. But Is I it think, ever? Yeah, well, uh, I, I think at least there can be the idea that there's going to be a plan. It might have to bottom out first and then come back. Uh, but I almost think that's better than going out and splurging on a bunch of signings that – you know, if you go out and splurge and give 
Kenny Gowdy twenty million dollars to stay. Is that really going to be the reason that you go six and ten instead of four and twelve? You know, it's just that kind of season. I, I think it's smart that they didn't throw good money after bad, knowing that hey, it's probably not going to be our year. Let's be ready. Use the you know a ton of draft capital that they collected in some of the trades, and then try to restock going forward. So I, I at least respect the fact that they have a plan. Yeah, and I mean that's what you got. You got a new coach. I mean Matt Patricia fucked them up real good. Um, so you just got to make the moves that you make. I don't hate Jared Goff. I mean he'll probably be an NFL quarterback for a while, you know. And he's probably. I, I will say I love the staff that Dan Campbell put together. I'm not a hundred percent sure on Dan Campbell as a coach by himself, but he did he did a really nice job putting his staff together. Yeah, he got. Uh, I'm not super. He got Anthony Lynn right, and then yep, yep. Who else um, Aaron. Uh, the he was the. Co-defense coordinator in New Orleans, uh, the former oh, I, I cornerback. Know what you're about. Um, I forget. I'm gonna draw a blank now. Just, just um, Google it. Y'all are adults. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see how that works out. The the way that they get things together here, but um, it should be interesting. And if Dan Campbell's running around biting people's kneecaps off, then you know that's all the more exciting. So I, I, now I have a, what it was. It was they brought in Mark Brunel as a quarterback coach. Deuce Staley is the running back coach and assistant head it. coach. Anthony Lynn is there. Antoine Randall L is the wide receiver coach. Aaron Glenn is who I was thinking of, but it's Aaron Glenn as a first-time defensive coordinator with Dom Capers as his senior defensive assistant. Uh, so I thought that was really smart. Um, just a lot of guys who can relate to players. Calvin Shepard as a first-time uh, defensive assistant. I, I think just some smart guys to be in there. Dave Phipp is actually a good special uh, special teams coordinator. So I, I'm curious to see how it comes along. I, again, I don't think it's going to be an awesome 2021 season. But I think that they're at least going the right direction uh, to have a plan to bottom out and do it right. Yeah, agreed. I, you know, often... <laughs> the one, comment by Updike, they have better players on their coaching staff than on their roster. <laughs> it's, I, I, I wish it was wrong, but it's not. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I, I really like Anthony Lynn being there as the OC because I'm a Melvin Gordon truther. I have been forever. And Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler in that in it, in an ecosystem together were productive for fantasy yeah. jamal williams and deandre swift will be productive together in an I, ecosystem I like, it. I like it. um don't sleep on jamal williams you know I, I this isn't a coaching staff that invested in deandre swift you know he's there yeah but they just added you know jamal williams for cheap there's no the loyalty is not necessarily there um, I'm not a running back, you know, prospect watcher or whatever, but, you know, De- De- DeAndre Swift did have some issues last year, I guess you could say. And uh, Jamal Williams has a similar-ish, especially pass-catching skill set. Um, so I don't think that this is necessarily DeAndre Swift season the way that people maybe want it to be. Um, but I do think that if it is, you can directly link that to Anthony Lynn's ability to get you know, his best players, which in, on this team is obviously these two running backs, in my opinion, uh, the ball. So, and especially if there's no, we don't, who, who's the wide receiver one right now? Quintez Cephas? Uh, no, that Brashad Perryman. So I have even more confidence that DeAndre yeah. Swift and Jamal Williams will get the ball. They'll probably bring somebody in or sign somebody. Uh, Terrell Williams. They signed Terrell Terrell, Williams and and Brashad Perriman. I think Amendola is still there, maybe? Yeah, I I believe he is. He might be a free agent. He's Um, old, though. He's like 33, isn't he? Quintus Cephas is there. It's in, you know, Jared Goff is the same as what people talked about, Mitch Trubisky. Like, they're not horrible trash. They're just, I don't know that they're going to be 
primetime starting quarterbacks. So uh, I'm curious Goff, where that goes with Goff's contract and, and what they're going to end up needing to do with that. Yeah, Jared Goff against a bad defense looks like a yeah. god. Yeah, But the NFL's defenses are, especially this year, with the cap going down and we got a lot of mercenaries out there. Yeah. There I think somebody I heard somebody say on a podcast, I think it's going to level the playing field a lot in the NFL this year, kind of bringing that all down. Um and especially with some of the quarterback shakeups we have too. Um so it'll be, they it'll got be about an interesting a, year. Yeah, they got about a 2-year kind of run with Jared Goff. He, he, he has way too many guarantees in his contract for 21 and 22, but there's zero dead cap in 2023. So, you know, depending on how things go, you have him this year, next year, he's only got a, a 10 year or a $10 million base salary. You might be able to get out of some of that. And then maybe if you have a really ugly season, you could draft. I, I know the people like Sam Howell or whoever's coming out in the next draft. Um, there's pieces there that you'd be able to go in and it's, it's gonna. It's not going to be a great run here, but I think they can bottom out and then come back. Yeah, exactly. And if Jared Goff plays okay, I mean, you can move Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, if we've already sure. seen him get moved. He was he was the number one overall pick. So yeah. you know, there, there's value still in. There'll that, be somebody there who had a high draft grade on him and wants to give him a shot. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if Kyle Shanahan had him. You know, I mean, he's ten times the quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is. So, in my opinion, what do I know? You're not uh, wrong. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's high praise. Um, all right, anything else you want to tell the IDP Army before we leave, oh. Greg? And before I say, you know, thank you so much for coming on, man. Like, sure. you are seriously, sure. like, I know I'm lavishing you with praise, but you're awesome. I mean, I love talking to you. I love you on Twitter. I love your tweets. I love the Bills Mafia. I love everything that you embody about being a content creator and person in this space. You're, you're just a great all-around dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, and, yeah, anything you want to tell the IDP Army before we get out of here? No, it means a lot, man. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we we appreciate all the work that you put in and everything that you do. And uh, yeah, anybody wants to come find me at Greg Thompson, hanging out on the Cover One uh, channel on on uh, YouTube. We just went over our ten thousand subscribers, so uh, pumped about the 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 group we go. have building over there. So uh, we have a lot of fun, a lot of film breakdown. Uh, I do mainly talk about the builds. We have other guys who focus on the draft and film breakdown, and everybody else in the NFL. Uh, so come on over, check it out. You have a good time. Awesome, awesome. All right, IDP Army, that's all from me. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to sign up for the Black Ops tier of the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. On 4-1, we are dropping the ultimate IDP index. It's going to change the face of IDP fantasy football forever. So don't miss out. And until next time, take it easy, guys. Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house on a rock, got a plan. Got to get stocks, keep them bands. Hear the clock tick, blades on the fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Cause you're switching it up and you're living it up. You ain't getting it enough.